Welcome to the Just Building Hope podcast, where we help women and a few cool dudes face their fears, set goals, make game plans, and generally take their current circumstances by the balls so they can live a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. So I have today with me the the most amazing person. We met last year, was it, in a mastermind or earlier this year? I don't remember. But Heather Thorkelson is one of the most amazing women that I've met in a long time. And I'll just let you tell your story because you're better at it than I am. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's really wonderful. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Um, So yeah, I'm a business coach and I am also a polar expedition company owner. I've been business coaching since 2011. So basically a decade and um, I started that when I, back when I was living in Toronto, and then I moved to Peru, and I thought I was going to live forever in Peru, or for a long, long time anyways, and then that didn't pan out because my relationship broke down, so then I moved away from Peru, and I was kind of living in between places for a while, and then eventually ended up living in Sweden, and I'm telling you this because a big part of my business coaching has to do with being location independent. So I started my business coaching career under the brand of Republic of Freedom because the idea was I want to help people create the lives that make sense for them. So take the skill set that you have or a skill set that you've learned and build it out into something that supports how you want to live, right? And so luckily I had done that. And by the time I, you know, I moved, relocated to Peru, my business was portable, then my relationship broke down, but I didn't have to throw my business in the can because it followed me wherever I went, right? Right. And then, of course, in 2015, or not, of course, I haven't gotten to that part yet. (laughs) In 2015, uh, after I had met the man who is now my husband, I thought, why not make a polar expedition company? As you do when you're a business person, you get excited about (laughs) business ideas, right? And uh, because he was a polar expedition leader. So because of him and his twin brother working in that industry and me being a business person, I was like, ah, no brainer, business number two. So we opened that up and now I am basically settled in Sweden, although we do travel a lot, both for pleasure and for business. And I continue to run my business coaching company and I just wrote my first book and it's going to be published soon. And our polar expedition company is doing really well, except for the fact that we're in a pandemic and there's no travel at the moment. A little bit of a damper on the front. A little bit of a problem, but uh, we're expecting to come out of it quite okay on the other side. And we already have a lot of inquiries because people are starting to get really, you know, like, ooh, itchy feet and they want to get going. So it's, we're looking forward to that coming back. Yeah, I totally, I am 100% on board with that needing to go somewhere, anywhere. Just let me go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, your book is available like, for downloading a free chapter at this point, and it comes yes. out next week, right? That's it's October 20th. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So, but for now, for the people who really want to get a fresh, you know, like a first taste of it, there's a free chapter available. I read it and it is magnificent. Your story is just so, 
it's just, I, I don't even know how to put it into words because you just need to go read it. But it's just the going from being in a corporate setting, which I think, you know, a lot of the, my listeners are moms who are trying to break mm-hmm. out of just being a mom and doing other things. And I think there's so much correlation with those things. You're stuck. You feel like you don't know what else to do. It's scary. What, I guess, how did you get the gumption to go from this safe place that you were and make that leap? Like, what was it that really pushed you over? I mean, I know the answer because I read the book, but you tell me. <laughs> tell my listeners. <laughs> yeah, the thing that pushed me over the edge is that I just couldn't, I couldn't honestly stand another day living that version of my life. You know, I just couldn't. Uh, it was so incongruent with who I was. And the funny thing is, Amanda, like I, I imagine a lot of your listeners will, will resonate with this. I was doing the thing that everybody does, right? Like I had the house in downtown Toronto. I had the cushy job with the company car and da, 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 da. And I was supposed to be happy with that. And every, almost everybody around me, there was a couple of dissenters, but almost everyone around me was kind of like, well, what, like, why do you want to change everything up? Like, what's your problem? You know? (laughs) And for me, I, I was on the flip side going, how can anyone tolerate this? This is so against everything that is good and healthy for me, like physically and mental well-being and everything, you know, like I was trapped in a life that I didn't want just because everybody else had it. And I think I'm not a mother, but I imagine that in many cases, there are women who are mothers who have sort of gotten sucked into that societal pressure of what a mother should be and how they should think and what they should be doing for their children and da da da. And like, why would you desperately want to escape that, not motherhood, but the, the concept of motherhood, right? right? Um, why would you want to do something different? And, and, and what's wrong with it? You know, people feel judged if you don't, if you're not happy with the things they're happy with, right? right. So, um, but you know, if you aren't happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you feel like the way that you're living your life is slowly killing you, then what the hell? Like something's got to give, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was just at that point. I'm like, I cannot do this another day. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to make money, but this ain't it. <laughs> and I just ripped off the Band-Aid as, you know, the story's in the book. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what made me, you know, like my story is similar but different. You know, I've never actually had a real job. I mean, long-term. I think the longest I ever worked at one job was, I mean, I babysat. I worked at a pizza place. I had little weird jobs in high or in college, worked at a hotel in college, went out and got a job as a, like I worked at a TV station and then I had kids. And then that was like it. Like that was the, my whole career path. And I get to the kid part. And like you said, everybody's like, well, you should be happy now. You get to stay home with your kids. And I'm like, and bored out of my freaking mind. Like, this is insane. <laughs> I love them. I love being with them, but I don't think any mom is built to just sit around and play with your kids and clean your house all day. Like it makes you insane. And it, that's even though like worlds apart, but so much the same. And yeah. like you said, everybody is like, well, why aren't you happy? Why, why are, why is this not enough for you? Like there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think there's something wrong with you people because you're willing yeah. to accept this that you have one life 
I mean, as far as we know, maybe reincarnation is a thing. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. but as far as you know, you have one life, like, and you're going to waste it doing this. What if you die at like 50 and this is all you did? Like, and you were miserable the whole time. Like, really, like, I'm that I admire you so much because you were willing to recognize it and see it and do something about it, mm-hmm. especially not knowing what was next at all. Like, you had yeah. no clue what Zero. you were going to do. It's like so inspiring. <laughs> I literally spent, so just for some context for the people listening. When I left my corporate job in June 2010, I was downsized. I put my hand up because I was working for a pharma company and they um, lost their largest selling drug. They lost the patent. And so they're like, well, we got to let go like 30% of the company. And I was like, me, 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 me. (laughs) So yeah, I was like, please, 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 please. Um, So I luckily got downsized, which gave me a little bit of a nest egg to live off of. So I didn't immediately have to get a job, although I was living in downtown Toronto, and I had just bought this insanely expensive house, which was basically like an investment property, but we were living in it. And I had a huge mortgage. So I couldn't just sit around like picking my nose all day, I had to really think about like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make money? And, and, and not only that, but if I was staying in Toronto, I needed to make a similar amount of money to my cushy pharma job in order to afford this house that I was living in with my partner, right? And just the cost of living. It's expensive to live in a downtown of a big city. So um, so I couldn't afford to just sit around forever and do nothing. The interesting thing was at that time, I knew in my heart of hearts that I couldn't just jump into the next thing. I didn't know, it, I, I, I didn't know immediately that I was going to go the route of entrepreneurship. I didn't know if I should go back to school. I knew I didn't want to get another job. And everybody, with with the exception of one person in my life at that time, everybody was like, when are you going to get a job? When are you going to get a job? You still don't have a job? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I literally, Amanda, I was going to the park near my house with my dog and like sitting in the grass and staring at blades of grass. And I was like watching my dog sniff butterflies and stuff because I, <laughs> I just so desperately wanted to like calm everything in my mind and go back to like who I was, you know? I just wanted to like deprogram and shut out the voices. And there was a lot of voices in my own head that were like, you should do this and you should do that. And oh my God, your bank balance, Ugh, you know? And I was just like, shh, 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 shh look at the grass (laughs) and you know it was it's a funny thing it sounds ridiculous but it was the best thing that I could have done and the one person who supported me who was a a friend who was a psychologist an older gentleman he was like I being a psychologist for like 30 years I think there's nothing more valuable you can do than just take this time to get back to you like figure out what is it deep inside that brings Heather energy not happiness not fulfill just energy like what energizes you what are the the simple things you know so taking that time it was roughly a year that I just wasn't really bringing in any income at all I started experimenting with some things like opening up Etsy shops and you know I took a few courses here and there but like I wasn't sort of actively trying to make an income for about a year and I cherished that time so much. And I mean, that was one of my biggest, it should have been one of my biggest earning years. I was 32. Like I was in a time of my career where you should be out there like climbing the ladder, you know, or building your coaching empire or whatever. But I was just like, "Mm -mm, I'm just going to hang out and be with my dog and 
pay attention to the things that we are usually way too busy to pay attention to. Yeah. I really love that you took that year and that you tried different things. That's one thing that I'm a huge advocate of is just trying, just, you know, trying things because you never know what's going to stick. You never know where it's going to lead you. You never know what doors it's going to open. That's Mm -hmm. um, my dad is, was without work for a while. And I was like, why don't you just go volunteer somewhere? Like, just go do something and like meet people and who knows where it's going to take you. And it makes such a huge difference just trying things that are kind of outside of your comfort zone and maybe you didn't think of before. And I mean, it kind of just leads you down a path of, well, I don't want that. And I don't want that. And, you know, here's, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I can do something like that, but not that. And like, just, you know, opening your mind to other possibilities and figuring out who you are and like what, what energizes you. That's exactly like, happiness comes with the energizing, I think. And it's just like having that energy to do things and like being excited to get out of bed every day. That's one of like my tagline is helping you create a life and business that you can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. Because yeah, I think like that's where you're, you find the fulfillment to keep yeah. going and, and, you know, inspire the people around you and you are like living it so well. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, the experimentation is is um, really, really useful and because it, it, it informs so much, you know, and as I said earlier, I started a couple of Etsy shops during that year that I wasn't officially working. And that's because when I realized, oh, I'm not working anymore now, I can finally do the things I always wanted to do. What did I always want to do? I wanted to learn how to knit. I wanted to learn how to sew. I wanted to learn all like, these dorky little hobbies that, you know, I didn't expect them to go anywhere, but I just really always for like the seven years that I worked in a corporate job I was like I wish I had time to learn how to sew (laughs) you know and we often think of these things or like I really want to learn how to salsa dance or something you know you've got these things in the back of your mind especially moms oh my gosh like you're so busy doing stuff right and then in the back of your mind you're like when am I ever going to have time to learn how to dance salsa (laughs) and so so doing those things I, I never thought oh, I'm going to learn how to knit and sew and then open up Etsy shops and sell my stuff. And then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a maker and I'm going to sell stuff. It was never my intention. My intention was, well, what actually happened is that I started making so much stuff because I'm really like, I get really into things. And I was like, oh, uh, how many pairs of fingerless gloves can a woman make? You know, so then I (laughs) give them away to all my friends. And then I'm like, well, now I've got a surplus. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll open up an Etsy shop. And my thinking was, now... I will learn what it's like to have a very small scale product-based business. I will start to learn what it takes to market, mm-hmm. to do customer, to handle customer service, to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I was just kind of like going down these little paths and just like with no pressure and no expectations, but just starting to learn about who I was as a self-employed person, right? And it was those little bits and bobs that I kind of patched together down the road to build into the career that I have now. And so it's exactly what you're saying. You know, it's like, just go out there and do some stuff because the process of self-discovery is so powerful and you never know who you're going to meet. You're right. You never know who you're going to meet and what doors that's going to open up and, and, and. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people when they decide to work for themselves, They're like, I need to know what I'm going to do. I need to have like a roadmap. I need to know how much it's going to make me. I need to know that like this, you know, just they want data. They want security. And 
I kind of preach the opposite. I know it's, I know we need that. <laughs> we, we need a sense of security. We need to know that we're not going to end up living in a box, but there is so much power in coming at it from the opposite direction and just yeah. starting to experiment, do a little starter business, do a side hustle, figure out who you are as an entrepreneur and then follow the energy. Don't follow the passion, follow what energizes you. Absolutely. And, you know, I read, I can't, I never can remember what book this was in, but it was something. And they said something along the lines of um, nobody becomes an entrepreneur because they want security or safety. Like we all (laughs) love the thrill of, am I going to be able to pay my bills at the end of this month? And it's true. I'm like, one of the things that I've noticed is the longer that you're in business, the more you start leaning on that security and that you're like, well, I can't take risks anymore because this is sort of paying my bills and I don't want to mess that up, but there's no growth there. Like you have to keep taking those risks and you have to keep, you know, that same passion and energy that you had at the beginning, or it's not, you're not going to go anywhere. You're just going to stay stagnant. And if you're going to do that, why not just get a freaking job (laughs) where you will have that security that you think you want. And then you'll remember, oh, I don't like that. I don't like, you know, the job is not for me. And like uh, you've said several times, you know, we're just not employable anymore because we have experienced life this way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very true. And, um, you know, it's funny, even my relationship to money has changed so much. When I worked in my corporate job, my cushy, like golden handcuff job, I was making really good money and I had so many expenses covered because of the nature of my job. Like my, I didn't have to pay for my cell phone. I didn't have to pay for my internet connection at home because I had a home-based office. I didn't have to pay for my car or the gas. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, there were so many perks and I still remember feeling like in a sense, living from paycheck to paycheck because I was like, but there's only a finite amount of money, even though it was quite a good amount of money. I was like, yeah. oh, but, uh, uh, you know, and also I was traveling all the time because the only way that I could literally not kill myself during that time was to be constantly traveling every chance I got yeah. to just let myself breathe because I was so unhappy in my job. So I was spending a ton of money on travel, but I, I had this weird sense of scarcity around money, which n- the normal sort of, you know, dialogue around this is that, oh, you have a job, it's secure, it's predictable income. So you shouldn't have a scarcity mentality around money. I did. And then when I started working for myself, not in the early days when I was building things up, but when I started to kind of like get in that flow where like, oh yeah, everything's being paid and that's all good. As soon as I was in kind of that state, I realized that like, I'm, I never worry about money. Like I'm always, I'm always fine because I have proven to myself again and again and again over the last decade that I can make money with my ideas. I can get, make money by connecting to people. I can always make more money if I want to. I can make less money. I can make more money. I could probably make a lot more money than I am right now, but I'm not putting my energy towards the things that, that could do that at the moment. Um, and, you know, like there's a story that I tell in the book about how I lost 40,000 euros of my own personal savings on, a, you know, basically a chance that we took in the polar company in the first year. And most people would be clutching their pearls going, what? Like, that's terrible. You must have been devastated, you know? And it was my savings. It was part of the money that I got from the sale of my house in Toronto. So it was my personal savings that I lost. And I remember when I lost it, I I felt absolutely ill for like 24 hours. I was just like, uh, and then I was like, well, 
not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> right? right. And then, and then I just carried on because you know what? I'll make that money back. Exactly. Like I'm not, and you, you can't do that in a traditional job. There is no opportunity to just make back the money that you lost in some, in whatever way you lost it, you know, but I can. And so for me, the, the freedom of that, the freedom of entrepreneurship in, in that respect where you can be talking about like, that's a massive sum of money for most people. You know, it certainly was for me at the time, geez, um, to just go like, okay, well, expensive lesson on we go, you know, right. what employed person do you know that can say that, or that just has sort of a Zen attitude about that kind of thing? Yeah. Nobody, nobody at all. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing that those lessons that we learn from, and you don't make that mistake again, obviously. No. And like, that's no. how, you know, my business started because of a $64,000 mistake where I had <laughs> spent all of this money on stuff that I have no, I still don't know what I spent it on. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't <laughs> have started the business. I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done that. Like all of those things had to happen to me to be where I am now. So I'm like, I don't like, it's only $64,000. Like, yeah, I've made that money. times 10 in the last 14 years. So like, yeah. That's all good. It's, it's <laughs> just fine. money. And like my, my best friend always says this. She's so awesome with her attitude about money. She's like, oh, Heather, it's just numbers on a screen. That's all it is. And I'm like, you know what? That's a really good point because none of us have that money sitting in our sock drawer. Yeah. Whatever money we have, it's in a bank somewhere and it's digits on a screen that we can access through an ATM or our computer. And we know based on like, I was just thinking about this earlier today, you know, I'm half Icelandic. And when the Icelandic economy crashed back in 2008, all of my cousins in Iceland, they lost everything they'd ever saved. Boom, gone. Because why? It's numbers on a screen, yeah. you know? So we can toil away and we can be stressed about money and scarcity and whatever, but like that can be taken away from you really quickly. So the question then becomes, how do you set yourself up so that you don't overstress about that? Because you know, you have the confidence in yourself to know that you can make that back. Yeah. You know, you have the income generating possibility within yourself, with your own skill set, with your own, you know, like confidence, with your own tenacity. And every entrepreneur that I know, even just like a freelancer who's doing VA work or whatever, I mean, that's the starting point of going like, I can do this. I can make my own living for myself. I don't have to wait for other people to hand me stuff or give me a salary. I'll be fine. And it's an incredibly empowered place to be. It really is. It absolutely is. I had someone ask me one time at a conference that I was at, cause it was like, you know, freelancers and people who were in corporate jobs. She was like, how do you make yourself get up and go to like, get up and work every day? And I'm like, well, how do you make yourself get up and go to a job every day? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand your question. Like, this is how I make money. Of course I'm going to get up and do it. Like this is it's like a no brainer for me. You're making money for other people and they're paying you for it. And I'm making my own money. Like that's, yeah. mm -hmm. it is what it is. Right. And mm -hmm. I think uh, one thing that you just, it actually, you said it in the book and it is a uh, part of your lifestyle with your, you know, being able to move wherever you want, whenever you want it is mm -hmm. freedom is like, that is my number one, like value across the board. No matter what my freedom is the only thing that matters. I mean, my kids are important too, but like I need to have my freedom <laughs> and that's like really what drives me is what is, what gives me the most freedom. I've thought at times when things were a little slow, maybe I'll just go get a job. This will be so much easier. And then, you know, I interview and they offer me the job and I'm like, Oh no, like, what were you thinking? No, you're not doing that. And then everything ends up working out. But 
it's, yeah. it's interesting how, you know, once you have the confidence in yourself to mm-hmm. really make money, it's like, there's no stopping you. You can't yeah. be stopped. It's just like, mm-hmm. you just keep rolling and there'll be slow times, but you're like, it's fine. Everything will mm-hmm. be fine. I'm not worried anymore. So yeah. it's a nice place to be, you know, it not is. Worried. It is. And, you know, in fairness, there may be people listening, like I'm 41 now, I'm about to turn, I'm about to turn 42. And when I was in university, it was like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, the internet barely existed, right? And so I knew in my heart of hearts that one day I wanted to be an entrepreneur, even back then, but I had no idea what that would look like. And I didn't have any concept that something like the internet would allow me to work from home yeah. via like ones and zeros flying through, through the sky, <laughs> right? Right. So, bizarre. Like it's like, uh, it's nuts. And I was a late adopter. Like I didn't get a cell phone until I was 22. And, you know, like I was just a total, I'm not afraid of tech. I'm super techie, but I was just like, oh, I'm an introvert. So I'm like, I don't want a phone in my bloody pocket where people can just call me whenever they want. No. Anybody so I was like really me? resistant to stuff, you know, but, um, but so back then, like I, I was, I remember thinking, how do I choose something to study that will be useful to me? Not how do I choose something to study that I'll then work in? because I couldn't possibly know. I mean, my God, how do you know at 17 yeah. years old what you want to do, right? So I, I thought, what will be interesting while I study it and useful to me later on, right? And, you know, then fast forward to 2010, when I left my job, June 2010, the internet was around. We'd had YouTube for four years. We'd had a bunch of stuff, you know, but I still at that point, you know, having worked like I was 32 then, having worked for so long, um, in the traditional working world, I still didn't have a grasp on how one could make money online. It, did, it literally didn't even occur to me that yeah. that would be a thing, right? And, all, and people had been doing it, though. Like, it had, been, it had existed for a while. Um, and so then, then I discovered that it did exist because I think I found out through, like, people I was following on Etsy. I'm sure I heard about B-School. And then I was like, oh, my, great, my dream life online. Oh, my gosh. And so then I went and did figured that out. And so now fast forward to 2020. And here's the funny thing. I still have people, mostly people that are more like my parents age, but even some people who are around my age in their 40s, who are like, so you make money on the internet? Like, how does that work? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, there's so many people who don't understand and my my sweet husband he's adorable he's always when people ask like oh what does your wife do he's like oh, you'll have to ask her <laughs> she's she oh, can explain man. it it's to you. Just, i don't really understand it, no like my my husband's grandpa uh, passed away a few years ago but he we're sitting there talking one day and he said so you make a little money on that computer now and then and i looked at him and i said i mean part of it was because i'm a woman but also because of what you know it doesn't make any sense to him. So I just said, yeah, I make more than your grandson does. And he just yeah. like, went, oh, like, he just thought I was like making some pocket change. And I'm like, no, I'm making money. Like, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> they don't understand. Yeah. So they don't know. understand at all. My own mother, she offered when this pandemic hit, she offered me financial assistance. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> do you, you do understand that for this now marriage that I'm in, I'm married to a Swedish Coast Guard, and my prior 10-year relationship, which was basically like a marriage, I have always been the breadwinner. Like, right. you get that, right? Like, <laughs> nobody can take my job away from me. I'm the breadwinner. Why are you offering me financial support? Because she's retired, you know? Yeah. And, like, it's really sweet of her, but she still yeah. cannot get it through her head. She's like, oh, well, that coaching thing that you do, hmm. 
that's nice. So, you know, I'm like, oh, so all this to say that, you know, we don't know what we don't know. I didn't know when I was going through university what the future would hold for me. Then I discovered that I could make a living online. Now I've been making a living online with two businesses for, you know, 10 years. And there are still lots of people out there who don't understand what's available to them. And that's amazing because that means that you get to discover this whole world, you know, and you could be a, 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 branding person or a web designer you can be a coach you can be like all kinds of different things there's lots of people who are lawyers and accountants and event planners and everything you can imagine I mean uh, I'm sure between the two of us we could come up with a bazillion different things that you wouldn't even expect that you could have an online business in but you can turn a lot of things into online businesses and make really good money doing it and so Yeah, I just, I can't encourage people enough, even if you don't know what that will be. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I really have no concept. Like, I just don't know what I could do personally, me as a listener. What could I do? How could I take my skill set and turn that into something? Just because you haven't figured it out yet doesn't mean it's not available to you. Doesn't mean there aren't options. So don't give up. You know, there are some really cool ways to establish that freedom for yourself and to be able to create create the life that really works for you. And that, as you say, Amanda, you don't want to escape from. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's just absolutely wonderful. And I am so excited for your book release. Like where can people get the free chapter? The free chapter, they can go to my website, heatherthorkelson.com slash no plan B, because the name of the book is no plan B. It's the best name of a book ever. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Because it's exactly, like, that's exactly what you have to, you have to embrace that no plan B and just go for it. Yeah, full in. all work itself out. Like, it all always works itself out. Even if, even if your plan A doesn't end up being what you thought it was going to be, like, just taking that leap and trusting and moving is, like, that's the key. Yeah, I I like to think of it as self-determination or bust. Yep. Like, that's how it's going to be. I choose from now on, I choose. And that's it. End of story, you know? Love it. So where can my listeners find you like on social? I know you have your website, heatherthorkelson.com. And then what else? I am on Instagram. I am also on uh, Facebook, but I don't get there that much, at least on my business page. So um, yeah, Instagram, Heather Thorkelson, nice and easy, my name, and then also LinkedIn. I'm hanging out a lot more on LinkedIn and posting videos and stuff so people can hear a little bit more about where I'm coming from. And I try to give a lot of sort of free tips and useful bits of value so people can try to find their own way in the world. Um, but yeah, definitely check me out, LinkedIn, Instagram, and then grab that free chapter because I really want to hear, you know, especially from your audience, from moms and even from moms who haven't sort of taken the leap yet. I have gotten a lot of feedback from people who read the book as beta readers that were still in jobs because I wasn't really sure like how that would land with them. And they were like, it's amazing. It's exactly what I needed to hear. So even if you're still in a job, this book is for you. It's for these rebellious souls that are trying to figure out their way in life. And, and normal is not a real thing, right? So like, no. that's the one thing we have to remember no. is all these people are telling you this isn't normal. They're wrong because there is no normal. 
doesn't yeah. even exist. There and is no normal. Like, you need to do your own thing anyway. So. And, and we're out here outside the matrix having a great time and we want everyone else to escape the matrix and be out here on the outside with us. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Just Boldly Go podcast. You can check out uh, all we've got going on over at justboldlygo.com. And uh, you can check out my book, Mom Versus Debt, How I Paid Off $64,000 in Credit Card Debt in Under Three Years Without Becoming a Stripper at momversusdebt.com.